actually, sex is beautiful. It's natural. It's healthy. More than that, it's sacred. We're so repressed sexually because we're not really allowed to enjoy our sexuality freely, to express ourselves freely. Hello again to you then. Hello, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. Thank you for being on the show with me. It's very exciting for me to share my knowledge, my expertise and things that I am passionate about. I was born in Kiev, but recently I did 23andMe DNA test and it turned out that I'm almost 90% Polish. And You're kidding! I, yes, yes, That's yes. So and I think you are Polish as far as I know. Originally, yeah. you're from Poland. Born and raised in Poland, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> How growing in Poland has affected you as a person and as a tantrika in the future? How did it affect your sexual profile as well? Mm. Well, really in a massive way, because I grew up not only in society that was is pretty much suppressed sexually but i actually grew up in a strongly catholic family so i had this strong religious repression around my sexuality around my body my pleasure my right to pleasure um etc so that that kind of really started my journey of struggling with sex and having huge issues for so many years i couldn't even orgasm i couldn't even enjoy actually having sex with my partners in the past so that was actually my own personal journey of figuring out that i need to learn for myself how to actually have great sex and how to heal that past sexual repression and trauma that it might have caused so that i could actually enjoy sex with my partner so that i could actually have orgasms so i could have beautiful blissful pressure in and feel and feel arousal you know even even that kind of basic experience of actually getting aroused and getting wet and for the body to get ready for, 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 for the intercourse, even that was affect, affected by my repressive background and by all this upbringing in a, in a place that wasn't really embracing sex as something beautiful or natural or healthy. Mm -hmm. Do you think that uh, all the problems come from childhood, the sexual ones? Not not all of them, but I find that with my clients, majority of issues start in childhood. And so all sorts of different unhealthy patterns or frustrations in the bedroom actually have some, have an origin, you know, in some kind of childhood wounding or hurt or trauma, or simply some kind of needs that have not been met at childhood. And so now they are being, um, that it's like the system is trying to meet those needs through our eroticism and that can lead to uh, the you know the birth of different fetishes or kinks or actually deep wounding and frustration because we're actually unable to meet those needs without doing the proper healing first and that mm -hmm. is a massive journey <laughs> it's interesting that we live in such times when i mean Porn is available everywhere. And actually, the world doesn't look very religious from the side. But I remember when I was 16 or 15, and um, I started 
masturbating for the first time. I remember that um, I was in the company of my friends and uh, I told them that I was going to church to, to actually kind of to talk to the priest. And uh, they asked me, I mean, what kind of sins could you have ever committed? And I said, I don't know. I said some, some harsh things to my parents, but you know, I have also masturbated and they, and they, they just started laughing and they were laughing and laughing and they were like the first kids uh, who ever told me, but it's, it's, it's kind of fine. It's okay. When I was reading your book, I was wondering how amazing it is that we live in such a world which looks not really godly, but we're affected by all the perverted things around us, the mm. perverted ideas. Exactly. Well, the truth is that, you know, sex is a very natural function of the body. And it's not just a biological function. It's actually a beautiful experience for lovers, for romantic partners to have together. It's a beautiful way to, uh, to express their love for each other through a sexual union. In the modern world, we turned our sex lives into something dirty or shameful or full of guilt, you know, and awkwardness, you know, is this kind of dirty secret, you know, like we all do it, but not talk about it. So that leads to a lot of toxic ideas or issues or problems in the bedroom, definitely. Mm -hmm. I wanted to ask you, uh, from the book, I learned that you have a big family. As far as I remember, you had four sisters or three sisters? Four sisters and a brother, yeah. It's, it's many sisters. It's just a lot of sisters. I, I'm, I'm the only child in the family. So for me, it would be just like a really big family. I wanted yeah. to ask you right now, after so many years, uh, are you still communicating with them? Do, you, do they know you as a tantric teacher, as a sex coach? Do they communicate with you on those topics? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I have a very, very strong contact with my family. And I talk with them every single week and they know exactly what I do. They know I am a sex therapist. I know, they know I, I, I teach Tantra. They know I run sessions and I travel with my workshops. I have, I have written a book, etc. So yeah, they're very aware of that and they're very supportive. I think mm -hmm. at first, when I first told them I was getting into this line of work, there was a bit of confusion and a bit maybe of that kind of awkwardness of you'll be doing what? <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, they got over it and they have so much love and support for me. And they see just how happy I am doing it and how fulfilled I feel and, you know, and how much I can help other people and how much I actually have helped my family in the mm -hmm. process as well in, with their relationships and their intimacy and, and sex issues as well. But have your sisters ever been to your workshops? Not to my workshops, no, no, they haven't. One thing that touched me in your book is that uh, you are not putting yourself like you're an expert, like you're a guru that had no hi history of her own. You're actually telling how it all began and it be all began with a trauma. You were, as far as I understood, you were almost raped by your first boyfriend. I mean, kind of for a long time. and. Um, you're a perfect example of uh, the healer is the one who has been healed. Yeah. Um, yeah. But in the end, you also became a sex coach, right? A sex therapist. Be be because these are slightly different things in the sense that uh, sex therapist requires a, a kind of a license, a be being certified. That's right, yeah. Well, how does the work of a sex coach and a tantra teacher differ? 
Well, Tantra teacher is a person who specializes in Tantra, Tantric techniques, rituals and practices, in Tantric philosophy and the way it applies in the modern bedrooms. So that's actually how I started. That's how my journey started. And at first I was basically just a teacher. I was teaching my clients in my sessions. I was showing them how to perform different tantric rituals and use tantric techniques. And I was running workshops, basically teaching what tantra is and how to use it. But then I realized that people coming to my sessions, they needed more of a, uh, like a wider toolkit of, I guess, tools and, and techniques because they were coming with all sorts of different sexual issues and problems. And I found that Tantra wasn't always the answer to their problems. So that's, that's when I decided to become certified as a sexologist and then also as a somatic counselor. So I am a Tantra teacher, I'm a sex therapist, and I'm also a counselor. And all of these things, all of these modalities really come together great in my sessions because our sex lives are typically ridden with so much trauma and wounding and toxic beliefs and inhibitions and unhealthy patterns, etc. So just, you know, when somebody comes to you with all that sort of issues to sort of put just tantric practices on top of all of that can provide help and support in their sex life, but addressing those inhibitions, inhibitions, issues, problems, frustrations first, I find that that actually creates a really powerful change when, you know, because when somebody presents, you know, comes to me with a, you know, with a problem, say they want to become a better lover or they want to last longer in bed or they want to learn how to pleasure their partner better. That's like a superficial issue. And I can, like, that's, that's easy. I can help with that. No problem. But what I, pretty much always find is that underneath there is some kind of yearning, some kind of wounding, some kind of trauma that actually pushed this person into struggling in that kind of an area of their eroticism, of their sex life. So that's why I'm bringing all of these modalities together so that I can not only teach Tantra, but I can actually support my clients in healing, whatever needs healing first, so that they can actually embrace fully their sexuality yes. and their erotic and orgasmic potential. Quite a journey from being an accountant initially. <laughs> and I then know. Becoming, and then getting into an absolutely different sphere. What was the moment in your personal story that switched everything? When you understand that, yes, you're moving in the right direction. Now you have finally found something and you're not going to ever agree with with your partners on just following their agenda in sex in the bedroom. How did it happen for you? Well, it already started. My journey started when I ended up in the emergency room as a result of having sex. Basically, that led me to having so much pain in my body, in my pelvic area, that I needed to be rushed to the emergency room, which was a very scary situation because I, I was in so much pain that I actually thought I might potentially die. And so I thought I cannot possibly have sex one more time the same way I used to up to this point. I just, it, it was like, I didn't even have a choice anymore. There was, it was not an option to risk being sent to the emergency room again after having sex. So that's when I knew, okay, I need to, 
I need to find out how to have great sex. I need to learn. I need to train myself in having an amazing, healthy sex so that things like that don't happen anymore. So I don't end up in pain anymore. And when I have found this first Tantra workshop that I went to, that, that was the, the moment. That was the moment when I started learning about Tantra. That was the moment when my eyes opened and I realized that I had it all wrong when it comes to sex. And I finally understood why I struggled in sex in the bedroom, why I couldn't experience pleasure, why I couldn't have orgasms in the bedroom. And it just all like finally made sense. And that was the moment I understood my own body, my own sexuality, and how to develop and cultivate my erotic potential and how to express myself sexually in a healthy way mm-hmm. so that I wouldn't risk pain or sexual abuse anymore. So, yeah, that was six years mm-hmm. ago. <laughs> Do you see any common themes for men and for women that come to you? Like, top three or top five problems that people come with? Well, people who are in relationships, for them, number one issue that they bring is a loss of desire or reduced desire for sex and reduced frequency of a, of a sexual contact. So it seems like in the beginning, we have this amazing, hot, frequent sex. And then after a few years, sorry, for a few months or a year, things start to change and people just really struggle to maintain that kind of hot, passionate connection. So that's one thing. For women, big, big issue that I encounter very often is the struggle to orgasm. So women, even when they can actually enjoy sex and they experience arousal and pleasure during sex, many times they actually still struggle to achieve an orgasm. So that's another common thing that I get often in my sessions. When it comes to men, number one thing must be lasting longer. Men often are conditioned by the use of porn. Basically, the porn conditions their nervous system to ejaculate quickly. And so then they struggle to last as long as they want. So that can, you know, and I totally get how that can feel disappointing when you have this beautiful, sexy evening planned and all these things you want to do together and then things finish within a few minutes. So, yeah, most men want to last longer. That's number one (laughs) issue for men. (laughs) (laughs) I get it. In your experience, actually, why women struggle to orgasm? What are the major reasons? I realize that the list can be like very long, but maybe just a couple of reasons where to look. Okay. Yeah. So it is definitely a multi kind of layered, multi-dimensional issue. It's not just one thing, but things that most commonly contribute to struggle to that kind of a struggle to orgasm is uh, inhibitions around sex that usually come from that kind of religious upbringing or social ideas around sex being wrong uh, guilt around touching you know ourselves enjoying pleasure sexual pleasure etc another thing is we struggle to accept our bodies and we typically don't like our bodies. We tend to compare ourselves to the perfectly photoshopped bodies in the media and then we look at ourselves and we go, oh, my body isn't that great. 
when we don't like our bodies, we start to subconsciously disconnect from our bodies. And then when you reduce, sort of numb down your, your bodily experience, it's really hard to really feel the fullness of the pleasure that will actually lead to an orgasm. So, you know, body image issues. Another one is our emotional state is very strongly linked to our erotic state. So when you're with a partner and there is some kind of accumulated resentment, you know, which happens in our relationship, especially over the years, people accumulate some kind of resentment, like little things just add up. And then we still want, like, like consciously, intellectually, we still want to be intimate and we still want to have sex. But underneath that, kind of more subconsciously, there's this whole layer of past resentments and little things that we got angry or annoyed with our partner about. And so there's a kind of, underneath all of that, there's that voice that says, really? He wants to have sex with me after he did that or after she did that? So that's another one that, you know, like being aware of how is the emotional connection between people? Wow. Oh, past abuse, past trauma, past sexual wounding, any of that sort of issues. You know, if anybody experienced any sort of uh, sexual abuse, rape, or even, you know, sort of milder version of uh, uninvited sexual contact, that will affect our ability to express ourselves fully as erotic and sexual beings. And so when these kind of things go unaddressed for years, which for many people they do, that will affect our ability to orgasm. Thank you for sharing. You openly give the names of all of your partners in the book. <laughs> oh, I changed uh, all of the names. So, <laughs> ah, so, the, so Jacques, Jacques is not really Jacques. Okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. I said, okay, maybe. Okay, so if he was French in the book, maybe he's actually Spanish. There is a chance for that too. Exactly. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I did change all of the all of like names and all the like little details about them so that they couldn't be recognized. Just you know to protect their privacy. Of course, of course. A question: After uh, you actually published a book, have they come to your wor workshops? Have you met any of them after? you became a tantrika and a sex teacher some of them yeah <laughs> some of them Did very... any of them come to the workshops yeah <laughs> oh okay good, okay, good. yeah like, i guess the more recent ones not not the ones from like years ago because i'm not in touch with many of them anymore like the book starts with my partner in poland which we haven't been in touch in years and and as far as i know he's still in poland so we wouldn't we wouldn't rec rec reconnect in any way. He wouldn't come to Australia. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Good to know. Anyway, we slightly started talking about the orgasms and um, mm. there are several things that you mentioned in the book, the full body orgasm and the multi-orgasmity and actually orgasm without ejaculation for men. Can you please... Uh, Tell a little bit more about, for those who are just trying to touch the whole topic of uh, Tantra and other kind of sex, not like the regular one they see in porn. Yeah. Conventionally, we only know one type of orgasm. And that's what I would refer to as a peak orgasm or an external orgasm. And that's your typical ejaculation for a man or a clitoral orgasm. 
for a woman. So that's typically what people know, that when they rub their genitals or when, when uh, penetration is happening, when there's a kind of friction and stimulation of the genital area, what happens is arousal is growing, growing, growing. We get more uh, turned on. There's more and more sexual energy. And finally, that, that kind of uh, stimulation leads to a release of that sexual energy, and we call that orgasm. So there's a few seconds of that, of that kind of intense pleasure a man will typically ejaculate and then we experience, you know, so there's that peak of pleasure and then there is a kind of like a loss of sexual energy because we've just released it all in that kind of external uh, orgasmic response. In Tantra, there is this whole other world of orgasms that are actually more called valley orgasm as opposed to one peak. It's more of a valley orgasm or internal orgasm, or energetic orgasm, or full body orgasm, it's all the same, all these names relate to a similar thing. Because what we do in Tantra is instead of kind of rubbing the genitals in order to arrive at one orgasmic peak, we actually concentrate on stimulate, stimulation of the body and the genitals, but on spreading and moving that arousal, that sexual, that yummy, delicious sexual energy, out through the whole body. So there are beautiful tantric techniques to actually allow sexual energy to move and expand through your whole system so that the orgasms can be not just localized in the genitals, but they can be expanded through, through the whole body. And in that kind of an experience, it's not an external release of sexual energy, but an internal implosion of arousal and sexual energy. So when we actually learn or train our bodies to redirect sexual energy internally so that it, the, the orgasmic release is internal, it actually keeps going and going and going because it's not, it doesn't leave the body. It stays inside of the body, all of that beautiful energy, and it keeps moving and rippling and expanding through the whole body, which literally feels like your whole body is electric or like tingling or vibrating. And it's such a blissful, ecstatic experience. It's like trance-like kind of orgasmic state that can last for, you know, quite, quite a lot longer than a typical orgasm. It can last, uh, you know, minutes or even hours in some cases. And for and men... And it goes for men and women, right? Uh, uh, okay. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. It's for both men and women. And for men, that means that they can actually orgasm without ejaculating because orgasm and ejaculation are two separate phenomena. They just usually happen together for men. That's why most men think that orgasm and ejaculation are the same thing. They aren't. Ejaculation is the pleasurable squirting of the semen, whereas orgasm is the release of that sexual tension, that sexual energy. And when men learn to redirect sexual energy internally and move it through their body, <laughs> then they can become multi-orgasmic. They can come again and again and again. And there is no refractory period because there's no ejaculation, meaning that they don't need to wait for another erection. Mm. They can become erect again and go again for as long as they want. That's how tantric men, tantric lovers, make love for hours. Mm -hmm. A question. How long does this training take for men to change their agenda, to reprogram <laughs> themselves? Because it's kind of easy to find some info on the internet, like training the PC muscle is one of the most popular ones. But uh, people do it 
for a week and then they, okay, nothing works or, okay, I don't see any results actually. So how does this work in the body? How long does it take? Everybody's different. And people actually ask me that question a lot because they want to know, you know, like how long will it take me before I can have the full body? <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're impatient. We want it now. And the truth is everybody is different. And I had clients who had full body orgasms pretty much within a week of starting to work with me. Because when I give them the simple principles of Tantra and simple practices, and I direct them exactly to what they need to do, their bodies, in some, in some cases, are sort of naturally tantric in that way, and they just, they just go into full body orgasms. So it actually happens. It's such a beautiful experience when people message me within a week from our first session, and they say, wow, I've just had a full body orgasm, and it was amazing first time ever so excited still can't breathe because it's just been oh such a mind-blowing experience <laughs> but that's not a typical experience i'd say typically it is more of a at least like a six months process for many people but because what needs to happen is the whole nervous system needs to be retrained in terms of mm -hmm. treating sexual energy differently mm -hmm. and moving it differently in the body and that for many people can take a good few months. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Of daily practices, of daily practices. Or almost daily. So, you know, it's the more often, obviously, the person practices, the quicker mm -hmm. the results they get. But, you know, if sometimes they skip a day or two, it's not going to be a big deal. And yeah, but that daily practice is really powerful in retraining the nervous system and mm. changing yeah changing the sexual response last year i actually went through your udemy course and um i i've also i i've heard about the pc muscle and about the practice uh with pc muscle before but um i really enjoy and i advise i, I actually everyone to check your course because uh, you give it very clearly and uh, in a very precise way one thing I wanted to ask you about it is that uh, when I, as a man, obviously if someone still doesn't know, uh, do this, at a certain moment when I um, train the PC muscle, the testicles, the star, the, there can be like tension or pain or some pain even getting like in the area in, around the anus. Um, can you please explain why I went to do in those situations? Mm. that sexual tension it can be actually experienced as pain or discomfort particularly in the testicles and that what that means is that your body is still not very efficient at moving and circulating sexual energy because and that's that's perfectly normal that's exactly what happens in the beginning your body doesn't you know doesn't know any different than to hold sexual energy in one spot in your genitals and that's kind of how where the whole retraining needs to happen but if that's what you experience that kind of tension tension or discomfort in the testicles or in the you know in the pelvic area then i'd say allow the body what it needs so if it needs that release you know then ejaculate you know it's not healthy to kind of torture the body if it's still not doing great in circulating sexual energy but at the same time keep up the practice and daily 
do the breathing, do the muscle work, work with the PC muscle, you know, work with the visualization, keep moving sexual energy out through the body and the body will actually get it and it will become easier and easier and easier to retrain it so that instead of holding that tension in the genitals and causing discomfort, your body will become like really, really efficient and at moving and expanding sexual pleasure. So that then actually there comes a moment where you don't even feel the need to ejaculate anymore because the body is so good at circulating sexual energy. So that's a beautiful mm-hmm. experience because that is such a proof of, of this work. And that is such a nurturing experience for the body to have as opposed to that mm-hmm. kind of draining experience of ejaculating sexual energy externally. One more question. In the book, you share about the anus and the anus like not not really it's not really like anus or maybe it can be called in the when we talk about men but still you 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 share that the anus area has almost kind of magical properties in the sense that men hold a lot there most definitely women mm. too yeah. can you expand a little bit on that well, first of all, anus is a magical place because it's one of the most sensitive spots on the whole body. We have so many nerve endings on the anal opening and it makes the anus very receptive to pleasure, which means we can experience mind-blowing pleasure from anal stimulation, either external or internal. It doesn't have to be internal. Even external pleasure can be extremely pleasurable. But... We don't consider, like typically people don't consider the anus a valid area to play with. It's considered, you know, this dirty, again, shameful place in the body. Don't go there. That's where, you know, we use it to go to the toilet. So, you know, it's, it's almost like disrespected in this way, you know, <laughs> and it's hard. Humiliated anyway. Yeah. And it's really hard to have beautiful ecstatic experiences with a body part that you hold so much shame around. And for men, this is even stronger than for women because it's not just the shame around the, the cleanliness of the anus. It's more than that. It's actually all this fear around potentially being gay because you might enjoy pleasure in the anus. And there's still so much, unfortunately, so much stigma in the relationship, in, in, the, in the society around gay people and men are, you know, even though gay people are accepted in society, men are still afraid to be perceived as gay. Straight men still feel all this like shock and, you know, discomfort around somebody potentially thinking that they might be gay you know like a reaction it's it's so strong no 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 i'm not i'm not gay i'm not gay i'm you know i like women well that's okay that's fine (laughs) nothing wrong with being gay but that also means that men typically hold tension in their anuses one part of it is the whole kind of fear and discomfort around being sort of having an open, relaxed anus, maybe even swaying the hips, you know, allowing for the whole pelvis to move and flow. This is perceived as, you know, as a gay kind of behavior. So men typically lock their, their pelvises, you know, they hold their uh, anuses tight and a lot of men spend a lot of time sitting down. The sedentary lifestyle is responsible for an added level of tension in the anus. 
so there's just tension on top of tension and that causes numbness and then we're just shutting ourselves off of that beautiful part of the body that can give us so much pleasure and we just don't go there or we're even unable to go there because of the shame tension or trauma around the anus mm -hmm. you also just mentioned gay people i wanted to ask you whether tantra works for gay people uh, for for gay men in particular definitely because tantra works with energetics and that tantra works with the polarity moving moving energy between people uh, connecting energetically you know energetic lovemaking etc and it's all it's all work with energy meaning we're moving energy between the the masculine and the feminine poles and polarity between two people now the masculine and the feminine when i say masculine and feminine i am not referring to genders i'm actually referring to energies every single person has both masculine and feminine energies within them masculine and feminine qualities we all do so it's what kind of makes us who we are is that the certain balance of those energies meaning most men are predominantly masculine have predominantly masculine energy most women have mostly have predominantly feminine energy but that's not always the case there are very masculine women who are more kind of career driven and don't really want to stay at home and have babies and care for others and you know and make their household pretty and pink and, and comfortable which is kind of feminine but they're more into careers and being driven etc and there are men who are very masculine but also men who are quite feminine who are artistic you know and who don't care so much about being that strongly driven provider they you know they enjoy more about caring for other people or about their creative ex expression etc so these are just energies we work with and when it comes to gay couples people can actually play with those energies and play with wherever the feminine and the masculine energies are more strongly placed in their bodies people can also switch those polarities and work uh with you know if they kind of most identify as a masculine kind of person they can actually take on a feminine polarity in, and move energy between the two of them in that sort of a way so it's without going into very you know a lot of different details about this Tantra works with energy and any couple, regardless of their preferences or who is involved in a couple, can play with Tantra and Tantra practicing. This is great news. I mean, it works for everyone, which is great news. <laughs> so there Absolutely. is no limit, l limit to anyone. Mm -hmm. I guess in a way I should have started with this question, but uh, maybe now is also a good moment. After years of practicing Tantra, what is Tantra for you? Why would people need, I mean, multi-orgasmity definitely is a great attraction, something everyone should, should go for, but are there any other reasons behind it? Okay, well, Tantra is a philosophy. So we tend to associate Tantra with sex, but that's not really uh, correct. Tantra in itself is actually a philosophy that comes from ancient India and that embraces every single aspect of life as sacred, special, and beautiful. And one of the biggest, I guess, 
principles of Tantra is mindfulness or presence, being right here, right now. And in the modern world, you know, we glorify multitasking. So we need to be doing five things at least at the same time, all the time, which means that we're not doing any of them right or not giving anything really full attention. So that's in Tantra, that doesn't happen. Whatever we do, whether we are having a cup of coffee or talking to someone or reading a book or going for a walk or making love, we are fully in the moment. We are fully right here, right now in our bodies with the person we're doing it with, if there's somebody else there or just in our own body, fully connected, fully embodied. That's Tantra. Another beautiful aspect of it is that celebration of every, every aspect of life, of everything that we're doing. So that's why we, we, we use rituals in Tantra in the bedroom to ritualize lovemaking. Because as soon as you ritualize something, meaning there's some set of practices that you know, come together to create this experience, you actually give that activity, or sex in this case, a deeper, more special, more, more sacred meaning. When you ritualize anything, you infuse it with deep, sacred, meaningful intention. And that's mm. actually so, that's why in modern society, we uh, resonate so strongly or res- respond so strongly to this tantric uh, aspect in our sexuality because we're so repressed sexually, because we're not really allowed to enjoy our sexuality freely, to express ourselves freely. Yeah, we can do certain things out in our own bedrooms, but there isn't that kind of wider permission for us to just be sexual as human beings. You know, especially, you know, people that have certain position of authority in the, in the society. If they start talking about their sex lives and how much they enjoy their orgasms, even if mm-hmm. it's when they were their own spouse, they're considered perverts. It's, it's seriously twisted. So here... And, and we've been through Victorian era, you know, and we have just so many unhealthy and toxic ideas about, about our sexuality. So here comes Tantra that says, actually, sex is beautiful. It's natural. It's healthy. More than that, it's sacred. So that's why I find that Tantra is so healing when, when it comes to our sexuality. That's why even though I know that Tantra in itself isn't purely about sex, I use it so much in my, as a therapist, as a practitioner, because it brings so much into our sex lives. It affects completely our, our sex lives in such powerful ways that mm-hmm. it can heal a lot of negative stuff and frustration and actually take our sex life to this next level where we bring together sexuality and spirituality and where we create this more deeper, more meaningful, more loving, more connected, more embodied, more orgasmic sexual experiences. Two last questions. They're short. They're very short. Um, can you please give some advice to young parents who have kids? For example, I have a daughter. I have a three-year, three-and-a-half-year daughter, and uh, I'm trying to be as conscious as I can be. I'm doing my best uh, to be a meditative uh, parent not to leave any traces on my daughter's future <laughs> life with, a, with her future partner and her future sex life. But can you give just some general guidance for young parents? Yeah. 
Well, first of all, being relaxed and accepting around your own sexuality, that is huge because your child is going to pick up on it. And the way it manifests is that, you know, for example, when I was a child, whenever there was a sex scene on the, on the, movie, like on the movie that I was watching with my family, my parents would automatically like tense up and there would be this <gasps> uncomfortable tension in the room. And for me as a child, I didn't really know that much about sex, but I was already picking up that there's, it's something, there's something really wrong and horrible with the sex thing that everybody, you know, makes everybody uncomfortable and nobody even talks about. Like, you know, our parents wouldn't even talk to us about it later. So first of all, embracing sex in your own life is actually something that is beautiful, healthy, and natural because your child will pick up on that. And second of all, whenever they start asking questions about sex, about touching themselves, about their genitals, about their naked bodies, etc., that's when they're ready for answers. And that's when very gently in a language that's appropriate for a child is the right time to start giving them those, those answers and telling them how, you know, it's okay to enjoy the pleasure in your body. It's okay to touch your body for pleasure. It's probably best to do it in the privacy of your own bedroom, not in the middle of the dining room during a family function. So giving them a bit of a, you know, like guidance here is good, but I feel like when you don't shut down around these kind of questions, your kids will be much more open to actually coming to you with questions as opposed to considering you this, you know, uncool parent that they can never talk to about sex. So they're just going to go and talk to their friends in school or, you know, whoever else or just go on online and look, look for sex information online. Being supportive and warm and caring around these questions and how you address them and how you answer them is really going to inform your child's sex life in the future. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Helena. I strongly advise all the listeners to also read your book, The Legendary Lower. How mm. listeners, how my listeners can learn more about you and uh, your work and get to know you better? Well, the best place to find me is my website, helenanista.com. I am also quite active on social media, on Facebook. Everywhere the hashtag is helenanista. So I'm on Facebook, I'm on Instagram, on Twitter, I'm on LinkedIn and on YouTube. I have a YouTube channel. So for people who you know, enjoy more videos, like information and articles, more in a, in, a, in a vlog form, in a video form, then I have a YouTube channel also under the name helenanista. I also have my online courses. So that's actually a great resource for people who are all over the world and who can't see me for a session. My online courses, there's, there's so much information there. Because the way they started, it was that I, I kept answering same questions in my private session. So people would come to me, with, you know, and the same questions would come up again, again, again. That's why I thought instead of answering them all the time, I should turn them into an online course and so the kind of things that people want to know about great sex and tantra and being orgasmic and cultivating their sexual orgasmic potential i answer a lot of those questions and give very practical uh, tools and exercises in my online courses and the book is a great resource there is so much information there so many practices and so many sexy amazing stories from my life and from my clients cases 
Yeah, it's all true. Of this I can con confirm. This I can confirm as well from my side. <laughs> thank you so much for your time today and for giving so many golden nuggets to me and to the listeners as well. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for having me.